Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name, it's Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I'm James. And this week we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) season two, episode nine, The Election. Yay. But first, I'm going to hit you with some Cape Sag correspondence. Wow. Let me tell you, we got so much Cape Sag correspondence. I haven't cried in so long. I've just been like, my mouth hurts from smiling so yes. much. Well, don't tell them that because then they'll stop sending you emails. Oh. They don't want your mouth to hurt. Yeah. Wait. That's a hurting mouth. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Keep sending the emails. That's the only thing you can do. Okay, so we got we got a lot. So first off, uh, we got an email and a review from Leaf slash Leif. Don't know how to say his name, but I'm, or, her name. or her name. I'm so or sorry. Their, or, or their, their name. Their, their name. I'm sorry. <sighs> Canceled. God. Okay. Canceled. Okay. So uh, the email references the pool jump. Um, They say, with regards to the jump, each jumper style reflects their personality or their current story. What is this in reference to? The pool jump in episode seven. Ah, yes. yes. Um, My favorite scene in the whole show. Yes, I really liked liked this take that they, they presented to us. Okay, so they say, Pacey jumps in first, wild and carefree. Dawson overanalyzes everything, so stops to do a measured flip. Joey and Jen just came to an understanding, so jump in side by side. Finally, as you noted in the episode, Andy, the perfectionist, has the perfect dive. Yeah. Yes, and it perfectly mirrors their entrance, which was kind of a similar thing, to Chris's house. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, shit. There's a good true. ending to that. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't Full even circle. think about that. I love that. This is the kind of cinematic analysis I want from our yeah. listeners. Yes. This is what people come to us for, though, also, is our incredibly <laughs> deep takes. Yeah. This is uh, this entire show. The reason we're doing this is to get Criterion Collection to put out like a 4K release of all of Dawson's Creek. Yes. For $2,000. Can you imagine? If only. <laughs> Sorry, I was taking a sip. Okay. How dare you? I'm just a thirsty girl. Okay. So <laughs> somebody's going to cap that one. Yeah. I'm okay. Just, okay. Also. <laughs> also, in the email, they give us some really cool bonus trivia. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Vanderbeek. Is that his name? Jonathan, Jonathan. Vanderbeek. <laughs> yep. That's his name now. We got Crass and we got Jonathan Vanderbeek. <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> the boy that James plays Vanderbeek. Dawson. <laughs> his mom is a retired gymnast. Oh, Isn't that fun? Cool. Do you think Maybe she coached taught him? him? Yeah. The yeah. Somersault. hundred percent. She the can somersault? Doesn't he do a somersault into the pool? Front flip. Yeah. yeah. Or flip. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah. those are the same thing. Or she was the stunt double for Dawson oh. to do the flip. 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 Okay. Flip. 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 I love oh. this energy. We got to yeah. keep this going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So also, uh, Leif Leaf wrote us a review, a five-star review. Love, love. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The review says, been a fan of this show since the original run. I don't always agree with your opinions, but I am. (laughs) You must agree with everything. But I enjoy the fresh perspective, untainted by the shipping wars. 
I'm excited to get into that. Um, kind of worried that I'm almost cut up to your most recent episode, though, so I hope you continue to put out new content. You are about to enter what for most fans is considered Peak Creek. Peak Creek. Peak Creek. <laughs> This got scary. <laughs> it's scary, guys. We've been saying Peak Creek to each other, at least Cody and I around the house. Because it's Peak a fun Creek. thing to say. Peak Creek. It is yeah. nice. Peak Creek. It's fun. I think we're going to need to introduce a new segment on each episode, which is a Peak Creek moment. Mm. Ooh, Ooh, I like that like idea. <laughs> Inside baseball. This is where it all started. <laughs> this is where it all started. <laughs> Thanks, Leaf. Hashtag Peak Creek. Okay, sorry. I'm going <laughs> to speed it up here. She's, she, she's not taking it. She's not a thirsty girl anymore. Yeah, I'm... What are you, a dry girl? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you got a dry girl over I didn't want to say it. Okay, so <laughs> Catherine bought us four coffees. What? Wow. What does that mean? That means $20. Whoa. Whoa. What does buy me a coffee you, oh. you say? Well, we, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, tell us, Stella. Tell well, us, Stella. You can, there's a thing on our website where you can click buy me a coffee. Yes. And uh, it's equivalent of $5. Yeah. Um, and it's a really sweet way to support us. You absolutely do not have to do that. It's just a really kind thing to do if you feel like supporting us. Mm-hmm. But we really appreciate it. Um, and love you so much, Catherine, for that really generous. Yes. Generous. Catherine. Okay, she also left us a sweet little message that I'm going to summarize. She said, I'm a millennial who has seen Dawson's Creek an embarrassing number of times Mm. since first watching it 10 years ago. Nothing embarrassing about that. Mm -mm. Um, Love to hear it. Um, I'm so excited that new episodes are coming out just as I've caught up. Thank you so much for this fun, delightful show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Seriously, I've been... Crying tears of happiness. I've been crying tears of dollar bills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every dollar you guys, I roll it up and I shoot it at my eyeball. Bleeding money. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I can see. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess if you guys are looking for that, I did recently hear from somebody that that was going to be taken off of our website. There's apparently the plug-in between the two doesn't work anymore. So we might oh. have to find a new solution in the future. But... Mm. For the time being, go to our website, freaksandcreeks.com. Look at the bottom. You'll see a whole bunch of little little logos like our Instagram logo, YouTube. You'll see one that looks like a coffee cup. Click on that. That's how you can find this. But you'll also find another logo that looks like a little controller for our Discord server. I do have to throw a plug to our Discord server. Um, we, you know, full disclosure, we did forget about it for the better part of a year. <laughs> so... <laughs> Very, very sorry about that. We uh, recently went back in and we saw that there were some new listeners that had joined our Discord and uh, we want to see more people in there. So go join our Discord. You guys can chat, talk about your favorite moments from the episode. <laughs> you can have a vote on what your Peak Creek moment for each episode is. Um, just try not to you know, spoil anything because we will be in there from time to time as well. But uh, go hang out. We'd love to hang out with you and see what you guys come up to. What you guys come up to? Yeah, what you guys, that's that's what people say. On Discord, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big Discord yeah. thing to say is, what are you coming up to, guys? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's a gaming thing, right? Because yeah. Discord like started with like gaming culture. Yep, and so. a big gamer thing is like, I'm coming. <laughs> oh no. I'm coming up to. <laughs> well, speaking of coming up, <laughs> once again, we 
are <laughs> talking about season two, uh, episode nine, The Election. Woo! This episode aired on December 16th, 1998. So this is the last episode of the year 1998 Wowie. of Dawson's Creek. And... um. Here's a little synopsis. In their bid for student council, Andy and Joey face a vicious smear campaign. Jen tries to get Dawson to embrace being a teenager. Wowee. Mm. Uh, this was written by Darren Goldberg and Shelly Meals. I'm not sure if they've done any other episodes. I don't think so. Yeah, it seems fresh to hmm. my eyes. Very fresh. Meals. And it was directed by Patrick Norris. Mm. It seems like a lot of these episodes are written by new people. I wonder if their room just exploded yeah. after season no one and they introduced a lot of more. The writer's room got big. Everybody saw yeah. season one. They're like, this show sucks. Let me help. We <laughs> <laughs> need to fix this product. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this episode. This was a fun one. Any uh, any final thoughts before we get into the the dropping our ballots in the <laughs> box? Mm. Oh, the student, yeah, so you want a segue. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm coming too. So. <laughs> Let's dive in. Cody, hit us. Hit us, Cody. Hit, <laughs> hit it. Hit it. I'm coming, Cody. <laughs> hit me. Come it. <laughs> okay. We can take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, yeah, we all took acid before we uh, started this. Oh. I blame it on my vitamin D. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Blame it on my vitamin D. <laughs> I'm oh coming. God. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I'm crying. Do you think doctors, uh, when they're having sex with their partner, oh they like to say, like, it's like, I'm prescribing you some more vitamin D. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Okay. Let us know, doctors. Yeah, doctors. <laughs> doctor fans of the show, write us. Let us know what sex puns you use. <clears throat> Oh no! Stop the presses! Jen reads through Dawson's new script and believes it's a whole lot of fluff. While she thinks it's timely and fun, she says it lacks any real teenage point of view. He needs to loosen up. Jen suggests Teenager 101. The next day, an epiphany-possessed Andy pitches a sophomore class presidency run to Joey as running mates. However, Joey is hesitant due to her family's wild past. She doesn't want to screw up Andy's chances. But guess who's the campaign manager? Our boy Pacey. But uh-oh, guess who's also on the election docket? The nefarious Abby Morgan and fuckboy Chris, also known as Crass. Meanwhile, Jen tries to get Dawson to cut class, the ultimate high school teenage thrill. Dawson, being a little stinker and sneaker, eludes Jen at the last minute, leaving her in the dust. Elsewhere, Mitch is back at the Leary compound to fix the dishwasher with Cam. <laughs> when they accidentally get wet, they inexplicably become extremely horny and go to pound town on the dinner table with a coy smile. <laughs> Dawson briefly watches from afar. Daddy. At the ice house, Joey gives Jack some serious gruff over his secrecy and uninterest in participating in deep conversation. Evil Abby... <laughs> <laughs> Evil Abby and Clowny Chris pop in, sassing our heroes while studying election strategy. Jack gives Joey an inspirational speech, followed by Abby giving her a total roast. Joey pours ice water over Abby's mean little head and declares <laughs> oh, her candidacy. Yeah. 
The next day, Andy declares wanting to take the high road during the election as Pacey lets her know how absolutely turned on he is. Joey pops in and lets them know that Abby is going to hit them with a smear campaign. Andy digs in her heels to make it a clean fight. Meanwhile, Jen tries to convince Dawson to steal some lipstick at a store. You know, like a teenager. <laughs> Once again, our goody two-shoes hero fakes the swipe. Jen believes this to be an adolescent trap in keeping him from adulthood. Mm. Sometime later, the school gym hosts a debate for the political candidates. Abby uses this to her advantage to spill the beans on Andy's home life. That's right, her mentally ill mother, her dead brother, the whole shebang. A very low blow. Andy runs out of the gym with tears streaming down her face, as Coldplay might say. <laughs> <laughs> Joey finds Jack trying to look for her, but when she tries to pry, he pushes her away. He is very uninterested in opening up. Elsewhere, Pacey pops into the girls' restroom where he gives Andy a pep talk on getting through political scandals. Andy expresses her anxiety over the school knowing her family history. However, Pacey believes it'll all blow over. Andy isn't hearing any of it and throws a book right into the mirror, smashing it to pieces. Over at Mitch's restaurant warehouse bachelor pad apartment, <laughs> Dawson spills the beans that he watched his parents bump uglies. Dawson thinks this means the divorce talk will be a thing of the past, but Daddy Leary says... It was a simple mistake. Later, Dawson tells Jen about his emotional turmoil in growing up, saying he needs actions to come first before thought. He wants to do some spontaneous, nonsensical teenage behavior, and Jen is down to clown. Back at Andy's place, Jack sits with her as she stares blankly out a window, clearly in pain. Jack talks about their coping, coping mechanisms, mentioning her extreme emotional highs and lows. He also brings up her going back on some medication to help ease her pain, but she states that she is fine. Out in the woods, teenage rascals Jen and Dawson run away from having TP to house. Jen urges Dawson to drop his pants so they can skinny dip. After hesitating, he jumps in after her. They splash. They laugh. They splash. They laugh. They talk about having sexy dreams with one another, and they kiss. But Jen doesn't want to mess up finally being friends again. They agree to be buds and go back to splish splashing and laughing. The next day, the political candidates take turns giving their final vote for me speeches into the school's intercom system. Andy freezes up from anxiety and runs out of the office. As Abby starts villain monologuing, Pacey sneakily turns on the intercom mic so the whole school can hear what a meanie she is. <laughs> At the Leary household, Dawson finds his parents' divorce papers. Just like the 2004 American dance drama You Got Served, Gail got served her <laughs> divorce papers that morning. Dawson is crushed. Later, as Joey closes up the ice house, Jack pops up to walk her home. He, he apologizes for being an asshole and shutting Joey out. He explains how hard it is for him to open up. Joey sympathizes, having gone through her mom's death and knowing what it's like. And to that, they hold hands and silently acknowledge each other's pain. Meanwhile, Andy and Pacey connect over the phone, crying. She tells him she's feeling better but can't hang that night all while dipping into the medicine cabinet to take some unmarked pills. Over at Jen's, Dawson stops by to vent about his parents' divorce. He explains his naivete at their eventual separation and doesn't know how to process. Instead of talking, he begins to sob as Jen comforts him in an embrace. Take one. You want to do that again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if anyone else felt this way, but there are things that I felt that seemed like really predictable. Like, going into the episode, I was like, 
uh, Andy's background is going to be exposed. Yeah. And I don't know if that was because, like, like I've said, I've watched bits and pieces of the show when I was a lot younger. So I don't know if I, you know, it was lodged back there some, somewhere in my brain or if it just felt predictable to anyone else. Mm-hmm. But there are other pieces too where when Pacey um, presses the button to like have Abby like spew all that stuff. I was, yeah. I like, before that happened, I was like, Pacey's going to totally. do that. Totally. Yeah. It was fun. It was like felt mm. fun in that way of like, where it was like, you knew you it was, knew gonna it was happen, going to happen, but not, but not quite. Maybe it was, yeah, yeah, still a little bit like unpredictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that Pacey would be a little, little spy, spy thriller? James I love that. Was so good. It's like one of the best Brilliant. moments of the episode. Yes. Just like yep. Pacey. I know. It's so funny to me because there's, um, there's this screenwriting term uh, coined by Blake Snyder called "Save the Cat," and it refers to a partic- particular plot device. Uh, the save the cat method involves like having a protagonist do something admirable, uh, usually in the start of a story to establish them as a likable person and get the audience on their side. I feel like Pacey is like building up these tiny little save the cat moments right. ever mm-hmm. since he was introduced as uh, like a horny incel slob kind of yeah. guy. But now we're seeing this arc of him like becoming like a good guy. And I feel like this is like probably his biggest like, Definitely. oh, he's Definitely, willing to yeah. do something like pretty big for Andy because mm-hmm. that was like a very sneaky big move. Um mm-hmm. This all got me thinking, uh, has Dawson had a save the cat moment at all? <laughs> like hmm. up until this point? Dawson? Dawson, yeah. yeah. Hmm. What about, would taking Jen away from those boys be considered that? Or uh, not? Maybe, maybe, yeah, a little bit. But it isn't, it's not like really like ingrained in his character for like that to like achieve something. Because I guess like for Pacey doing something like that, it's like. Maybe giving uh, Joey the money. Oh, mm-hmm. that is, that's yeah. pretty that's a little yeah. bit of that. I would say that his save the cat moment was really just featuring everybody in his movie. You know, <laughs> it catapults them all into this, the limelight. Like their, totally. their lives are set now. So yeah. they're really yeah. building their career, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially Jen. When everybody finds out that they were in Dawson Leary's first movie. Can you guys imagine? It's gonna be huge for them. Yeah, it's like, oh, I was in Kubrick's first movie or something like that. Exactly. You were? Oh, I was, yeah. Oh, wow. um, I was born in 1940. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. You look so great. Thank you. Are you a vampire? It's all that vitamin D. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a vampire. Uh, but no, I love seeing Pacey do this. And then like also going along with like the predictability of everything. Do you think it's also the episodes called the election? What happens during elections? Yeah. It's a smear campaign. Mm-hmm. It, did it feel like you just read, oh, this is an election episode. Like everyone's dirt is about to be uncovered. Totally. Do you feel like that's like a part of your experience going into it too? if I really thought about that I think just like because they're like the episode before we had the scene in Molly's market I feel like they're really like pulling Andy's uh you know situation out yeah making that more like the center that it was like this is destined to come out yeah like, and they also really turned up the dial on Abby's villainous yes, like dude, like yeah. way up fucking so evil it was now. like yeah like I knew I feel like that was a big part of that like predictability almost because yeah. it's like okay like right away she's being very mean right. mm-hmm. she is the yeah. mean girl yeah. you she's know? come a long and way so, from just yeah. saying we're doing ecstasy in the boys yeah. restroom right. it was <laughs> So now it's like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> right. you're spilling these kind of beans? Yeah, before she was, like, mean and catty, but it's because nobody liked her and she didn't have any friends. And now it's like, no, I'm actually just super mean and venomous and I hate everybody. And I'm also with the most popular guy in school. Right. Yeah, that was like, so random. Weird. As soon as they got paired together as running mates, I was like, oh, okay, I know this is going to get bad, but I really didn't expect Abby to go, like, that hard yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Like, and the fact that 
as we see in that final debate, I love this fumbling, useless mediator that, that represents the school. He's like, um, Abby. So that was the guidance counselor, wasn't it? That same oh, guy? Yes. Same like asshole? the lame uh, guidance counselor. See, God. that's why he didn't get involved. He was too busy like writing this shit down. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah I got to burn Abby about this next time she's in my office. <laughs> Your mom's crazy, Abby. You're not going to amount to anything. Also, speaking of Abby, they really turned up her, her like, her, the... Her outfit in this, her outfits in this episode were like super, like Mm -hmm. she had glitter makeup, faux fur lined sweater, like purple butterflies in her hair. So it was like very. She's like a Marvel villain. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, (laughs) almost like a character of herself, like a character of a character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she went to Claire's that morning. (laughs) Yeah. And got everything she could buy. Yeah. It's interesting. Like it, it really uh, felt like to Abby, it was just like a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like her just like, yeah, constantly putting Andy down and Joey down, like bringing up their mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. their family background. It's like, who cares? But I guess yeah. it's like when you're in high school, it's like, oh, you would like think badly about someone because yeah. of yeah. their background. But I like that Kenny and the nerd, the other guy, that the, uh, the three people, yeah. he's just like, and I'm here too, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've got, um, if you're smart, you should get a half day on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird seeing him come back too because he was introduced in the first season, yeah. right? And yeah, he was, he was just um, like a fat joke, like a throwaway, yes. like fat in the joke. in the classroom. Yeah, there's Abby's something partner. with Abby. Oh, yeah, and yeah. she didn't want to be his partner. Yeah, yeah, and he right, the, like he eventually came clean that Abby didn't do any of the work and that mm-hmm. she yeah. had been like harassing right. him the entire time. Yeah, and it wasn't satisfying in that episode too because nothing ever really came of her being mean to him. It was just like, that's the joke. And then yeah. now mm-hmm. it feels like almost the same. At least he like presumptually like he won. Right. Yeah. Um, I do wish that we got to see that at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it presumably mattered to them and to have it just kind of end. And then as we see in, you know, as we might see in our next episodes, like it doesn't seem to come like it, it's yeah. it's just like oh okay that was our plot point and yeah. um, we're done with that now mm-hmm. yeah I guess if they're going to use a MacGuffin like an election because yeah. like the, this episode really isn't about the election it's really about like all of this stuff finally coming to light like is there a better way for this to the dirt yeah. to be dug up I totally. can't really think of anything yeah 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 and it's it it really I mean it, it did help us all get to an equal playing field because we've had this in inequality in who knows and who doesn't know about Jack and Andy's past or home Mm -hmm. life. And not that anybody is owed that information, but I found myself watching this being like, wait, doesn't, doesn't Joey know? No, she doesn't know Mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. Because for us, we've known about it for a couple episodes now. Also Um, loved the Clinton reference with Pacey, like doing his research with like a Clinton book. (laughs) It was just like perfect. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we've got a whole chapter about mudslinging or something. It's like, hell yeah. It is really cute that he's like determined to oh, actually yeah. help. It's not Definitely. him just like, I know you could imagine season one, Pacey kind of like shrugging this off. He's like, I'm a campaign what now? But yeah. like, he's actually reading the books. Yeah. He's trying to help. There's another really example sweet. of like a little moment where he's like, you know, the cat, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it is. Save one of those moments. Save yeah. the cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little moment where he's on, you know, on his own doing that for Andy. He's trying to do good yeah. things now and he's taking genuine interest in it, not just for his own selfish gain, but because he can see what it means to Andy. So he wants to be there for her. Yeah. It's really yeah. sweet. It's very touching. Loved Joey pouring that water pitcher on Abby. God. Yes. Satisfying. Yeah. I was like, do it. I wanted to hurt a hit her in the head with that big yeah. old container too. 
Yeah, and just yeah, the restaurant Abby was being so fucking mean. I know. So mean. And what it what And that was before before she knew that Joey was going to run with Andy. Right. So yeah. So it's like Very why are odd, you being like, mean to suppose was, somebody who would be voting potentially yeah, for right, you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little confusing. I thought maybe that, that that was like something that they meant to put after that, but they decided that like right. you know, like a placement of writing or something that yeah, they, didn't, they changed. didn't quite have it locked down yeah. where exactly yeah. that scene was going to go. That doesn't sound like the Dawson's Creek writers room. To me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple little things. Um, we learned that Joey's in the top 3% of the class. Yeah. Yes. I thought that Crazy. was cool. Yeah. Um, I guess not super surprising. Like I've kind of thought she was maybe like a smart uh, like achiever in school, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. was smart like, achiever. okay, <laughs> you know, um, thought that was fun. Um, and in the cold open, Dawson jokes about bringing a, gu- a gun oh, to school yeah. and killing oh his parents gosh. in their sleep. Yes. Yeah, that, that wouldn't fly. Maybe yeah. like, what is this? This is December of 98 Columbine. Well, that's, right. that's what yeah. being raw and dark is. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. Cause that's what he was like. I am uh, raw. I am raw and dark. <laughs> but it might, this is like a really bad taste yeah. joke, but totally. I was like, <laughs> The to the Columbine Manifesto, did they cite Dawson's yeah. Creek? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, it's funny too because uh, Kevin Williamson also wrote The Faculty, and I, I recently rewatched that too because it's spooky season. And um, and Josh Hartnett brings a gun to school in that also, oh. and that was December of 98. Wow. So it's like, Weird. I feel Whoa. like back then there must have been more of like a. I don't want to call it like school gun culture or something, mm-hmm. but like Weird. maybe if that's just like a throwaway joke that people right. used to make a lot to be like, oh, like edgy kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I what do, year was Columbine? 99. 99. Okay. Yeah. So, I do remember weird. like kids in my elementary school would get suspended and stuff because they would bring their pellet guns to school. Mm. And I just wonder, that felt mm. like a very like... 90s thing for kids to be bringing stupid shit to school that they're not yeah. supposed to bring and because we didn't have school shootings every day in the 90s like we do now maybe it was just funnier yeah yeah probably, i mean yeah. that that's funny in air quotes for all the listeners out there i don't think it's funny but you know it's just like it, it is something that it actually like i was like Ugh, when that yeah. happened mm-hmm. i was like jesus christ yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a weird thing that's like aged very poorly so poor but not in like a cancel culture way and more mm-hmm. of a just like oh man things have gotten so dark yes. in the last 30 yes. years i do Though, like, agree with Jen here on, like, her her overall criticism to Dawson is that, like, you're just writing fluff. Yeah, we have our uh, Jonathan Vanderbeek moment where he just just blusters through that. But it's true. One of my favorite lines of him from this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He just doesn't, he's never lived. He doesn't know Mm. what he's writing about. He just has this like moment that he wants to kind of get back at Joey for basically through a script. So I like that the idea is like, we need to get you real life experiences. Mm. I want, I wanted to see that more through the episode. So I was really Mm. excited when we got like, Hey, steal this uh, lipstick and you know, do these things. And I wanted more hijinks. I just wanted the whole episode to be hijinks. Yeah. I love the buildup though. Like where it was like, okay, you're going to steal you yeah. know, you're going to steal this lipstick. No, just kidding. You're going to yeah. skip class. No, just kidding. It was like a really good build up to the, to the skinny dipping. And it's yes. like, okay. And the teepee. Like it was and cute. The like yeah. seeing him, like the two of them, like s- having this like very, uh, childish, 
totally. yes, moment where they definitely. were both like in the moment and laughing yeah. and like seemed just like they were having, yeah. yeah. When I was watching it, I was like, this is so far-fetched because they just like look so old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like really hard for me to buy their hijinks because they're like, we just TP nails. And then I feel like it was very purposeful that when they're running in the woods after the TP moment, Jen does specifically say like, we're 15, Dawson. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's right. They are children. God. Like that is what kids do. Has anyone here ever TP'd a house? Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever did. We didn't TP houses. We TP trees, but yeah. Mm. We TP houses. Yeah. Oh, you the did running, too? Oh, yeah. My, oh, my track, oh, wow. my cross-country team, we, we TP'd oh. more than one house. Hey. I, I <laughs> did you reference your track team because you were so quick at doing it? You're like, you're in your Oh, route. yeah, we definitely. <laughs> yep. And then we're, run, we're yeah, yeah. running away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they brought their yeah. starter blocks to all the houses, and they'd be like, okay, <laughs> everybody get down and go. <laughs> they look out the window. It's just a It blur. was really <laughs> just training. It was just part yeah, of training. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Smart. I, um, that scene where they are skinny, they're about to go skinny dipping, and Jen, like, takes her clothes off, and she puts the, her bra over Dawson's shoulder. Oh, my gosh. But... Specifically, the scene when they they cut to commercial break and they come back and Dawson stands up. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh my god, dude, I lost it. So me that too. made me laugh so fucking hard because isn't there the the um, Rob Schneider movie Animal? The Animal where he like pops out, oh, basically like, does yeah. the exact same thing. It was ninety eight. Everyone had animal fever. God, it just oh my god, it made me laugh so hard. And it also is like Dawson's head looks. Huge. <laughs> he he's I feel like his head is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger every episode. I think it's his hair is just growing. Yeah. But it's like every time I, he comes out or you see him from the side, it's like he's got big head mode on and golden eyes. Yeah, I was gonna say like DK that. modes on. It's just like his head's so fucking big. But it, yeah, when he when he popped out, I I think when Cody and I were watching it, I paused it and I was like, Can we please make this a gif? Yes. Like, yeah. I need this. Hopefully I knew the technology and know how to make a gif. <laughs> I love the cinematography of that scene though. It was like super cool and like the at night in the water. Mm-hmm. It made it me was really pretty. think that like do you all think Jen might be like a siren? Ooh. 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 Calling her victims. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Luring Dawson mm. into like the that. water. And she did or is that Banshees? Do si- sirens sing? Banshees sing. scream. That's the difference. Oh, sirens sing. Well, yeah. Or know. is she a sea monster? Well, as we know, Jen can't scream because they tried to get her to do uh, the right. screaming. Yeah, she could only go. Ah. <laughs> so she can't. She cannot be a banshee. She Maybe must the, be a siren. Like all film, everything is there for a purpose. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Definitely. writers' room wants us to know that she cannot scream. She cannot. No. She Canonically, is she's not a banshee. Unable to scream. Like we know, the fans watching are probably going to assume that she's a banshee. Gotta convince them otherwise. Also. While we're talking about Jen, a little bit earlier in the episode, they're in her bedroom and Dawson's kind of just like talking to himself about how like, you know, I need to become a teen, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's, I don't know if anyone noticed what she was doing, but she's pulling a bunch of clothes out of her closet, yes. like taking clothes off of hangers just over and over mm-hmm. while he's in the background talking. And I thought this was interesting it, it, that and that it could mean many things because you know, like some, a lot of people do that if it's like a seasonal change, maybe she's cleaning her closet out or is she shedding her former self? That's what mm, I think. That's good. Foreshadow of maybe the skinny dipping, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which also is like a shedding of her former self yeah. maybe. Mm. Well, and so much of her costuming up until, up until the most recent episodes has been very grandmotherly. Yes. As we've commented multiple also, times. Also, 
grandmotherly. And then it was a lot of, um, like, ab- like a lot of things. She was hanging yeah. out with Abby a lot. So some of, some of the clothing yeah. recently has been like, you know, sure. like kind of, kind uh, of like similar to, similar to Abby or like, I don't know, s- stuff that she may have maybe bought with Abby. So maybe she's trying to like get rid of that. Um, where do you guys think Grams is? Great question. She's still in that theater. <laughs> She's still praying. I just want to be with my husband. See, I think mm-hmm. Jen killed her, and that's why she's mm. been dressing Ooh. like Grams. She—that's where she got all this grandmother cl- cl- grandmotherly clothing. So I think Grams is either dead or she's like tied up in the basement. And uh, you know, Jen is pretending to be Grams sometimes. Ooh, like, like, like psycho. psycho. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was exactly. gonna say like, uh, what's the, the wolf? The uh, Red Riding Hood oh, and Big Bad mm, Wolf yes. that dresses as the grandma. Yeah, she did eat her grandmother too. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we're like maybe missing an episode. There's that. <laughs> there's that one where uh, Pacey throws that dock party, and Jen right. and Abby were drunk, and right. we never really saw like any closure to that night. And I know that Abby and Jen have kind of had a fall, like falling out because they were flirting with that eighty year old guy on the docks. Yeah, and I and Abby hated her. that. Yeah, but like, what if what if that night? that they drank a whole bunch. They went back to Jen's house and Grams comes in and she's like, you cannot have this lady mm. sleeping in our house. And Jen is like, Grams, you bitch. Like, you don't know anything about my life. I just want to have a friend over here. Pushes her. She dies. She's like, Abby, you have to hide the body with me. We're in this together. Abby's like, absolutely not. I do not think I can do this. And she fucking got tied into it because she's a siren. Love this. And then they buried the body of Grams. We haven't seen Grams since then. Abby doesn't know how to have a relationship with Jen anymore because of the hot guy from the docks. And right. also that she helped bury the body yep. <gasps> this is, wow oh. what about bessie where's bessie and no. all this bessie. bessie bessie heard the commotion from across the creek <laughs> rode over that night to mm-hmm. be like jen you're gonna talk to your grandmother that way i think this abby girl needs to get out of your house <laughs> jen yeah. fought her off dead also buried with grams and baby oh alexander <laughs> and bodie no. yeah, yeah where's alexander? very dark episode <laughs> alexander went to bodie and they're working He's getting started in the kitchen real, <laughs> real early. It is weird how people just come and go in this show. Casey's brother? Yep, Dougie yeah. Is, Dougie, yeah. Dougie. Still never met daddy. Still never met mommy. Still convinced that Pacey does not have a family. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, should we talk about Dawson a little bit? We should talk about Dawson. Yeah. I think we should probably talk about Dawson a, a little, little bit. Little, it little is his creek. Okay, so a couple things. One... There are no interactions between Dawson and Joey this episode. Mm. Wow. In the last episode, there was also very brief interactions. It's the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, you know, I feel like we're seeing between last episode and this episode and future episode, um, we're seeing a lot of growth in Dawson. And I think we can definitely attribute some of that to his space from Joey. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're yep. definitely seeing a lot of growth in that head. I mean, yeah. It's just getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Um, but I, I really liked the, I feel like the, one of the pivotal moments, um, is this conversation with Mr. Man meat when he, when Mr. Man meat says it's the action that must change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that is just kind of what, yeah. A switch goes off in Dawson and then he like goes to Jen and yeah, has that conversation where he's like, I need to do things differently. Yeah. I did really, really like that conversation that you you started with her uh, cleaning out the closet, mm-hmm. you know. But that cover when he's telling her, like, I think I am above average emotionally, but below average, like everywhere else or whatever he says. I can't. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing there. Yeah, but I thought that was like incredibly self aware of him to be able to like realize that 
you know, just because maybe he is like mature doesn't mean that he's actually mature, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's, and you're like, he then, you know, is trying to like balance those scales. And I, I think that it, it's like very um, impressive for him to have that. Yeah, and to it, realize that he responds to conflict like a pouting child. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, and then at, he's not mature. Towards the end of the episode, he, you know, Jen rejects him. And mm-hmm. he bounces back so quickly and they're able to like ha- yeah. still have fun. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like that is such a huge, huge, yes. huge for Dawson. Mm-hmm. It, it would have w- been different episode, several episodes ago. Yeah. That would have played out differently well, yeah, for sure. Put, if we put Joey in Jen's shoes and that same thing happened and Joey rebuffed Dawson, he would have flipped out. Right. Mm-hmm. Had had we not had what has happened. So it is nice to see him actually learning and growing from these things. That whole scene can just confuse the shit out of me, though. Yeah. If I'm being completely yeah. honest, like I when he kissed Jen, I was like, oh, OK, this is where this has been leading. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when she then put, like pushed him back, I was quite confused because I was it like, really wait, does. isn't this what you I, th- I thought you yeah. were yeah. trying to get it here. She She's was being, very flirtatious the yeah. entire yeah. episode. Yes. So I also, yeah, the first time watching it, I was like, this is very weird. She's being flirtatious throughout. And then, yeah, watching it again, I, you know, she says something like, I'm trying to take a lesson from you. Yeah. And like the action is what needs to change. And I want to just try and be your friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like, okay, I, that makes sense. Uh, but it is just like, oh, it doesn't really totally fit. Then, I feel like, yeah. It, yeah Cause yeah. then like there was like the last thing she said made it sound like she wanted friends with benefits possibly. Uh, yeah. It was something about the way she said it or what she said after that. There's many that was, ways. There's many ways yeah. There's like many that. ways to be mm-hmm. someone's friend. And it was kind of in like a flirty way that yeah. she said it. Well, so. it's also like hard to remove the context from which this is all happening. They're literally yeah. naked inches apart and from very, each other. Yeah. Very close to each other. And, yeah. Yeah, very and she's close. She's the one that brings up like having the sexy dreams thing right yes. before that. So yeah, yes, it's yeah. just like, and it looks so confusing. Like, it honestly looks like they're touching at times yeah. as they're circling each other naked in the water. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, like sometimes you're, you know, caught up in the moment and then you, and then it happens. You're like, whoa, this is moving too fast. Maybe that's what was happening, but it felt like weird writing. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Because the plot beat is really good. I like that they're establishing this idea of like, oh, someone can be flirtatious, but not like be romantically interested in you, which is like a good message to have because a lot of people don't understand that. And I, but the writing you're right sucks. Well, it doesn't suck, but it's just too, um, they're like going way overboard with it. They could have made her flirtatious without her, like giving him a sensual back rub or like, Oh yeah. Like all of these things that are so clear messaging for him to pick up on that. Oh, she likes me again. Yeah. It's not very well written. And if they were just trying to get it to be like she is kind of stringing him along to get back at him for whatever happened or that she is like fighting with her own emotions, they could have done that just as well without like changing much of the scene. They would have just had to change a few interactions. It's like they didn't write like a line of dialogue that would have made what they did show work, nor did they like just remove one thing like they could have had her when he tries to kiss her, she pulls away and is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, there, buddy." Okay, there we go. We just got the exact same thing, right? Like, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just confused with Jen's like overall. I mean, we've said this like every episode, I think, of season two, but like her overall character arc seems very muddled and confusing. They want her to be with Abby. They take her away from yeah. Abby. It's like now she's like drinking and partying and having sex a lot, but like doesn't want that. And I get that they established in season one that she's the party girl from New York City that's trying to get away from her past. 
Um, but it keeps catching up with her. But that seemed like that was the season one arc for her right. that mm-hmm. she's like, by the time that season ends, you really feel like she's come out on the other side of that. So this feels like a rehash or like a redo. They're like, oh, let's do it, but like even stronger this time. And right. it just feels weak to me. She's like this corrupting influence in their life, but at the same time, it's good because she's helping break Dawson out of his shell and like teaching him the valuable things that of, of that, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, better than her being stuck with Abby and like yeah. just kind of floundering she's, and, yeah. and whatever, you know, but that, is, yeah, is control. Like, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah. But the way that they're doing it now makes me think of like the manic pixie dream girl yes. characterization from like the early aughts where it's, we're garden stating her. Like she only oh, yeah. exists now for the arc of the male yes. protagonist mm-hmm. and her journey doesn't really mean that much at the end of the day because yeah. it is like for for what they're doing with Dawson by the end of this episode and what they've been doing for this season is good like his worldview is broken his yeah. his idea of identity with everybody is broken here we have like Mitch and Gail they can fuck on a coffee table but still want a divorce um, yeah. Andy can be a successful go-getter while having debilitating mental health issues Joey can love Dawson but not want to be with him Jack can be poetic but be kind of an asshole uh, Pacey's the slacker that knows when to do the right thing. Like all of these things mm-hmm. are now like completely deconstructing what his worldview is like of who these people are. And I guess we're just adding to that mix that Jen can be um, super into me, but not be into me. And right. that feels like the weaker of all of those other mm-hmm. kind of stories. And it makes me sad. Like I want yeah. Jen to be like a better built up character. I mean, I think maybe this is the start of that. Yeah. yeah. It feels yeah. like they're, they're I, yeah. paving the road for Jen to get reintegrated into mm-hmm. the group in a yeah. meaningful way. Instead of her just being like the Pacey of this season from Pacey of last season, yeah. where he's just like, Hey, I do my own thing all the time. Yeah. Jen mm-hmm. is now like, Oh, Hey, I'm interacting with Dawson again. And maybe that'll start to grow more. But I, I hope, cause I too, am like, when does she have a like utility and value in this show? Mm-hmm. Besides just being a prop, basically. For real. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I can't tell if it is like purposeful or not that they, it's like she's lost. I think it, I, I, I yeah. read it as it's purposeful. Yeah, I think. Especially like, I mean, I, I especially noticed in that scene of, of her like in, taking her clothes out of the closet. She's like, yeah. you can tell she's thinking in her, she's thinking about her, she's in her own world thinking about things for herself, but also listening to Dawson. So I feel like her wheels are maybe mm-hmm. turning for herself as well. Yeah. Let's all have our own wheels turn <laughs> while we think about that very question on our very first break. And we are back. All right. So I've got a question for you all. We were talking about Dawson and, you know, his growth this season or this episode, but also this season we were talking about Jen and how she's kind of got this strange role. So this whole episode, Jen is kind of like trying to convince Dawson to lean into his impulses and his more or less like darker base desires that he's been rejecting. Do we ever think that we're going to see Jen like fully corrupt Dawson and get like a bad boy Dawson episode? We kind of got that last season where they ditch school to go to the the bar with Billy. Yeah, right. But I'm, I'm thinking like, Spider-Man three. Yeah. Goth Dawson. Cause that right <laughs> like now, a makeover where she yeah. has like a makeover and makes him like, yeah, <laughs> like a, you know, emo Dawson yeah, or like something. a leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. That's where I see Jen's character right now is she yeah. is representing bad kids. Right. And you're kind like, of pushing the, pushing him a little like, 
pushing him to the edge. Totally. And we, and he seems receptive to it. He's going mm-hmm. to her for advice and it just kind of feels like it could be, we could get another episode where they go to a house party and Dawson doesn't drink a root beer. He drinks a real beer. It's bound Maybe to pushing happen. him towards some high risk behavior. <gasps> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I, I mean, it's like this is it's a high school show and I'm just waiting for some more Degrassi like after school special stuff yeah. to happen. Like he's got to get drunk and do something stupid. Yeah. There's got to be ecstasy involved. Like there, there's got to be more stuff. I bet he's going to pee in public and then Dougie is going <laughs> to come behind him. Woo! Hey, bud. <laughs> what do we got going on here, bad bud? Boy. And then you're Pacey's a bad boy. Gonna, yeah. You're a bad boy. I'm going to have to spank you. And then Pacey shows up and he's like, Dougie, no. Damn. <laughs> Not in public. <laughs> the show was almost called Dougie now. <laughs> uh. um, so one of the... One of the main things I really liked in this episode was it seemed like different friends were trying to figure out how to best support each other in different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we see a lot of like little things and big things, but a big parallel I noticed was there's Jen and Dawson and then Joey and Jack and they both are having like a familial crisis and are supporting each other by quote unquote, like just being there, mm-hmm. um, which is how like Joey talks about Dawson supporting yeah. her mm-hmm. previously. So, yeah, which is like when they were young, how how he supported her. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked that, and like in a lot of different ways, I thought it was really sweet and just like a nice way to see friends supporting each other, um, and also just Joey and Dawson nurturing other friendships yeah. and yes. relationships instead of just each other. And there was also Joey and Andy. Mm-hmm. Joey mm-hmm. supporting yeah. Andy, which was really cool to see because we haven't had much between them and, you or know, it positivity was posi- with women in yes, general. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 That moment in the debate, if you can call it that, where, where, and, uh, Abby like throws the haymaker that our sources say that, that Andy's mom killed whatever, right? Whatever she says. And then Joey's like, for once, Abby, let's try to stick to the issues. I thought that was an actually Mm -hmm. nice thing to see a nice moment to see where Joey actually is trying to support Andy there. She can see that she needs help and she does try to get it back on, on, uh, on the rail. So it was nice to see Joey not fighting with somebody to your mm-hmm. point, uh, Cody, that, that like, they're just constantly like at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I thought like the, I mean, I, I know earlier in our show, um, in the run of our show, I was like, I don't think we'll ever see the divorce happen. I don't think that's what I, what I would imagine for this show. So to actually see those divorce papers be at Dawson's house to have it seem like that is what is going to happen. Her, his parents are actually going to go yeah. through with this divorce. I, that was pretty shocking to me. I was actually mm-hmm. pretty surprised. I really mm-hmm. thought we were going to get some convenient after the sex, they do get back together. So kudos yeah. to them for faking me out. Uh, yeah. I mean, they faked Dawson out too. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like he thought, I, I feel like that was a, how, what we were all thinking with the listener or the, listeners yeah the viewers were thinking too like oh yeah they're gonna get back together now that's just you know clean like yeah they had sex yeah and and that's but yeah it was a good it was a good uh good to see that i agree 
I don't want to grasp at straws here, but this is this is really good. This is where it's like, oh, they're showing they're they are telling us because this is cinema. They are telling us visually that this is not going to work out mm-hmm. in the long term. That divorce separation will eventually yeah. happen. Bear with me. The first time we ever see them fuck on screen in the pilot episode, they're on that coffee table, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In this episode, when they're all wet and wild after the dishwasher Mm -hmm. incident, and they're trying to find a place to fuck right then and there, where do they eventually land on another table? Mm -hmm. Yes. Island thing. This is telling us visually as a metaphor that they're relationship their sexual relationship is surface level oh, they whoa. never go to a oh bed God. it's never yes. a couch or anything it's always <gasps> on the top of a table wow. totally. it's a surface level relationship yeah. all they really have going on for them is fucking oh. there is nothing else there they didn't take the plunge to go skinny <laughs> dipping like joey sorry hey, like jen and whoa. dawson there's some depth there and yes. it's real wet <laughs> <laughs> Not a, not a, yeah, thirsty girl, (laughs) not a dry girl. Uh, so, uh, that's something also like like that. It it feels real. And then also Dawson does discover the divorce papers on the table too. So it's like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, there it is. Like it's always been written on the table since Mm -hmm. the beginning. Um, and also to what you say too, this also reminded me water typically equates to a baptism, a renewal. And it Mm -hmm. seems as though Jen and Dawson jumping into the water, this is like creating a new relationship for them. Mm -hmm. This is the birth of something new. We're seeing their uh, slates have been wiped clean. So I think we're also seeing that there is a supernatural being that lives inside the Leary house. It is the dishwasher. And if it spits on you, you are cursed. And <laughs> and is that why Gail is now a witch? Of course. Yes. Because her cackle in that scene <laughs> couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. It was that was it. really intense, that yeah. cackle. She loves this silliness. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty unbelievable. Do you think the yeah. dishwasher from Dawson's Creek is friends with the Home Alone uh, heater. Mm, yes. uh, That's also sentient. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably also friends with the candlestick the, and, and the, the clock from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and the brave little toaster. Yeah. yeah. They're all in the same universe. In the house from Up. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite on the same playing field, but they're all friends. That's cute. Um, also in that whole sex scene, <laughs> Mitch like carries Gail over onto like a, like there's a table first that mm-hmm. the, he, yeah. he basically just like knocked sweeps her, yeah. her over it. Like it yeah. seems like he's going to put her down, but then like things just get knocked off and then he just moves her and it, then just yeah. like again. And then just knocks things down again. Yeah. It just made me laugh. It's yeah, like, what are funny. we doing here? Unhinged. I love that he gets cursed by the machine and then he has to take his clothes off. Yes. <laughs> Why? It felt like, I mean, if I had his body, I would also be like, <laughs> yeah, I gotta get this shirt off. That's all I could think about during that entire sequence. I'm like, he's the most ripped person God, I've ever seen huge. in my life. He's massive. It's scary, you know? He's but the Flash. He is he's the my Flash. flash. Yeah. Um, but going back uh, a sec, uh, we see Dawson cry yeah. for the first time. Do oh, we actually see one. him cry? I mean, I know, I know you're right. Yeah, yeah. We see him cry. It was such a bad, it was a bad, it was a bad cry, but we see him cry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, 
I, th- I think it was like a few episodes ago. I said that we might like that crying gif thing might be like, oh, maybe that's such a big moment because that's like, going to be the first time he like breaks down. But here we see it. This felt like his first big breakdown, even mm-hmm. though it's yeah. um, a poor performance from Jonathan. But Jonathan, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was still a big moment for the character of Dawson, and I did yes. appreciate. Like, oh, we're actually getting there. He's feeling real emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. But what if it's all just a ploy to get in Jen's pants? Mm. You know, he's like, my parents are getting divorced. Fuck me. Fuck me, Fuck me. That would be a turn for the worst. Do we talk about Andy and like her? God, yeah. Quite possibly the most important storyline of this episode, I think. Also the this, most traumatic. I yeah, have to traumatic. Say. What the fuck? Like, yeah. what is yeah. wrong with fucking Abby that she thinks that this is the way to Right, do I know. It? And also, I just can't, I, I, I know I mentioned earlier, but I can't believe that that fucking guy that, as we know, the guidance counselor doesn't do shit. He's useless. Yeah. After she, after Abby like says all of these horrible things, he was like, all right, that's um, enough. Abby. We've had an, I think yeah. we've had enough or something. It's Good like, job, what? baby, you did it. And that was, yeah, it was like after she had like, yeah. it's like, thanks. It's like, what? <laughs> just completely unrealistic. Crass didn't do a single damn thing. No. He was He's just there to babes. look good. I guess. Yeah. He was there to kiss babes and he was also there to be like, I'm an everyman. I've partied with everyone here at least once. <laughs> I love that. That's like such a good, I got to use that more when I'm like in a meeting. I'm like, look, I'm a man of the people. I've partied with all of you at least once. Now about this report. <laughs> I, I love how like, it seems like every single time we do see Chris now, he is turning dumber and dumber yes. and dumber. It's so mm-hmm. weird. His hair was really strange. His whole look was strange this episode. Yeah. I thought he kind of had like this flippy floppy, mm. like, like flippy floppy. Flippy yeah. floppies. Um, so there's the scene in the bathroom where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andy's hiding and she uh, eventually throws the book at the mirror. Yes. Yep. That whole scene felt very disjointed yes. to me. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering, like, if they if that was purposeful, if we were supposed to feel kind of like pushed around and like unsure of what was happening for her internally. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I have thoughts, but I don't know. I mean, for me, it felt like we're finally seeing her breaking point. This is totally. everything has been leading up to this moment in this episode. We've been mm-hmm. talking about it. When's it coming? Yeah, she doesn't even know how to process like her embarrassment, yep. which is it felt purposeful that this scene is written very wonkily because she's wonkly. Right. Like she's yeah. very like her brain is broken. I mean, this is like all yeah. exemplified with her shattering the yeah. mirror. It's like yes. she, that represents like a shatter of identity. She has two identities. One is shattered. Yeah. Like everyone knows that this like public persona of her being a perfectionist is not real. She has all this trauma that mm-hmm. has never been acknowledged in the public sphere and now it's open. So like that's, what all that it felt was, like. It was an incredible performance by... She's uh, very good in this episode. Meredith Monroe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I personally, I was very impressed by the mirror-breaking scene mm-hmm. because it was perfectly where her head was mm-hmm. in the reflection, which, of course, would not be where her head was when she looked at the mirror, but it was just so perfectly positioned for in the camera lens. I mean, obviously, they probably... I'm assuming they practiced that, but... For that scene, to your question, yeah, it did feel really disjointed and it felt really back and forth. And for me, I actually, I, I completely agree. It's because it's supposed to feel that way. But I was also a little bit worried that it was like maybe 
the director being like, now do it crazier. Mm. No, 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 bring it back a little bit. Don't be as crazy. You know, like this, like we don't really know mental health, how to portray mental health issues. So just be big and crazy and and, oh, you see yourself and you hate the way you look. So Mm -hmm. you have to break, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was very like much a 180 from like, one moment she's kind of hearing what Pacey's saying and then the next moment yeah. she just lashes out mm-hmm. where yeah it, there was a dr- to very, me it feels like when I was in musical theater and we'd be rehearsing scenes over and over yeah. and over again okay no, now take this one be, be more angry this time and you have to mm-hmm. read every line angry and you do the whole scene angry for no reason even though but then it's like well now you know how to be angry the next you know yeah. it felt kind of like that where they're just doing like different takes with different emotions or different levels to the emotion and then they kind of yeah. cut them all together in the end but I, th- I think ultimately it comes down to what you're saying about the symbolism of like the public, the reflection of herself has now been, you know, mm-hmm. destroyed and she has to kind of like be left with just who she is yeah. at, at the end of the day. And especially being at like at the school in the bathroom versus the other, the other scene where we're like addressing her mental health in, yeah. in this episode was at home with her brother. And I yeah. think that like the difference of that scene and this scene were very... Like they were very different mm. because have in that we, scene. Uh, speaking of at home, sorry to interrupt. Have we seen her mom sitting in a chair very much the same way that she was sitting in that chair, staring off into the window? Have I don't we know. Seen, there was a scene of Gail oh, staring. Oh, Gail. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it starts out with her kind of staring off into the window, but I thought like I thought for it, for her storyline here, this was probably the most important scene of the episode. Yeah because we see her struggling with her mental health in like a more realistic way, thinking she doesn't need meds, telling her brother, I don't need my meds. And then, you know, Jack kind of like, Mm -hmm. he's very like in a soft way, kind of like, yes, but you really Mm -hmm. like, I think you do, you know, or you're struggling and, and also like him overcoming the challenge of communicating and confronting his struggles with like home life and supporting Andy by being like honest with her and telling her you should really consider Mm-hmm. going back on your meds. Yeah. Yeah. Her arc is like the meat of this episode. And yeah. I also think like visual storytelling again, I think her being in the bathroom stall, she's like closed in, like the world's closing in around her. Same thing with her staring out the window. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. framing her. So it's like, again, she's closed off. I think these are all like really good beats. I'm glad that we're finally seeing more of her character have to deal with the issues that she's kept buried for so long. But at the same time, I'm also extremely trepidatious and nervous about this storyline yeah. in general because it seems like they're demonizing totally. me- medication and yeah. like actually taking care of yourself with her having to hide that Come from mm-hmm. Pacey at the end when she's on the phone with him. Yes. And then also Jack being like, you should take your pills again. And yeah, like, and yeah, as much I, as I really liked him doing that and showing empathy and interest in her, the way that he did it, he's like, it would be easier for everybody else if you just like, yeah, that was a yeah. little, all right. This is where it's like, yeah, where I kind of am like, all right, hold yeah, the so, fucking. Some of the writing was like not quite, but it's not also quite right. Awful. But I mm-hmm. also think that it, it's at least it was there that they were showing, yeah, some honest communication. Yeah. I don't know, and that you know. It affects more than just her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I just, I'm just like oh. really scared that we're going to go down a path of like, I don't want Andy's arc to be like Me the mental health Mm-mm. arc. And then we're going to have to deal with like 1998 views of mental health struggles. And then they're going to paint right. taking medications, which you should do if you're a psychiatrist, like 
prescribes mm-hmm. you yeah. something that can actually benefit you and like help with your life, like that's good. And I really scared that sh- like it's going to be like, oh, like I don't right. want to, I want to be myself, not this like drugged out version right. of myself. Exactly. Yeah. I really, I feel like we're finally getting to a place with like mental health in media where we can represent it in a generally positive light now but I'm really concerned that we're going to get that storyline which is like she's going to have this manic episode she's going to get better than she'd be like well I don't need my medicine anymore but that, I'm fixed yeah. it's like, right but no. that is I mean knowing some people who have gone through that that is what they do mm-hmm. go through yeah and I guess that's what I'm saying is like I've seen that in friends who do go through that exact thing and so like that it, to me it seemed like kind of almost a little more realistic in that like yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. That does happen. Yeah. I just hope it's done in a positive yeah. light right. instead of a negative yeah. light. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just, it can, it can be problematic when that's the message that we're putting out to yeah. the world that Definitely. like, if you think you're better, you don't need to take your medicine anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, well, no, I hope that's not what, yeah, yeah. But they, it also felt weird. Cause Jack was like talking about like her highs and lows. Like it's been this big thing, but we just kind of see it in this episode yeah. where yeah. she has a, a, a high and low, um, but like be, rightfully so yeah. because right. Abby like bullies her in front right. of the whole school. So that felt a little bit like unbelievable to me. Yeah. It yeah, feel also a little bit gaslighty too, to yeah. be like, well, yeah, you just had like the most public humiliation of your life. Yeah. And why aren't you on your meds? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, well, can I have a so little bit of space to process what just fucking Right. Happened? I was yeah. like, yeah. I was a little confused. And he was like, I think we all know it's time you go back. Cause it's like, yeah, we haven't seen, anything other than that it's not like it's been obvious to us as viewers that there have been many Mm -hmm. you know it's it's more like okay like there's been something we haven't seen maybe well and it's also it it kind of like puts the show in the same position that it's putting abby in where it's where abby is being like well as we all know mental health is hereditary so because her mom's crazy she's crazy and then all of a sudden the show's like oh yeah by the way uh andy's bipolar and she needs to be medicated right now it's Mm -hmm. like wait we've never yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. You know, like it, it would be one thing if now in the next episode we saw her trouble, like struggle with that. And then we got that re- revelation, but to have it all happen right now, it's like, okay, yeah. mm-hmm, we're yeah. just gonna, whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's fleshing out a character a little bit more. It's giving them a little bit more of an identity yeah. and separating her and her family a little bit more from just this, like the trauma that's behind them. So I'm, I'll take it, you know, it's, it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. And like you said, Mal, Meredith Monroe, is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Super good. Like, oh, yeah. even though the material is yeah. kind of weird, like yeah. she was very good. This She's episode. eating it up. And yeah. Mal pointed out that she, Meredith Monroe, that actress is in the show 13 Reasons Why, which yeah. uh, she plays oh, yikes. a character's mom. Um, <gasps> Whoa. She yep. plays Alex, if you remember Alex's Alex, mom. the blonde kid. I can't remember. But I know, it took me a while to remember. Then Talk they take a, in the other student who, who the, I don't know what happens to his family, but yeah. it's like Alex and the other, yeah, right. student where the, he's okay. like living and she with looks yeah. the same. That's yeah. so She's funny. aged wonderfully. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's most wild. problematic like 50, show about was... mental health, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of things. One, yeah. yeah. It's definitely uh, got some issues, it's... I would say. But yeah. um, real quick, uh, an observation I had, I didn't know what to make of it, but in that, 
in that scene where Andy is uh, framed by the window, Jack is standing in the door frame and is also framed. Mm. Just wanted to throw that out there and see what y'all hmm. thought about what it meant. Because oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They've all been framed for the murder of You've been Tim. framed. <laughs> well, he's all, he's oh also gosh. in the same position as Andy is because he was yeah. just yes. as pissed off. As, I mean, he was more pissed off, really, because Andy, we see her reaction yep. to this kind of thing as being emotionally closed off. She's... I mean, like she's frozen in fear from this while as he reacts in anger. He doesn't want mm. to talk to anybody. He's mm-hmm. super pissed off when Joey even like looks at him. Yeah. Um, so I said yeah, I didn't want to talk to you. And it's and like, I, oh, sorry. Oh, please. Oh, I was just going to add on to it. And it's their home life that really is, is yeah, kind of yeah. like the center of, of all mm-hmm. of this in their life. So they're being framed by their home. Yeah. They're mm. trapped. I yeah. think... You know, one thing that I think is being overlooked in our discussion right now is call back to last episode. The reason Jack gets so angry is because he's worried the secret is going to come out that he is Tim resurrected. Mm. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's why he's like, I have to protect the family above all costs, at all costs, above all else. I need to make sure nobody comes to find out that my mommy killed me and brought me back to life after she zapped me with electricity. Frank and Tim. Frank and Tim. He refers to himself as the rock oh, also the rock. of the family yeah. in this episode. He keeps saying, do you smell what I'm cooking? <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> and he did that DDT off the ropes. That <laughs> yeah. was insane. That was really cool. I loved when him and Chris got in the wrestling match. That was really fun. Yeah. I thought his intro this year was way better than his last year. And they had the, the hip hop artist come out and sing the song. And it was really cool. Yeah. I just, I, if, I'm glad that we finally know why he's always so oily. Mm-hmm. And I really hope this is the year that Jack finally takes the belt from Dawson. Oh, God. If we're, if we're lucky. If we're lucky. Anybody have any other thoughts? Or did we uh, did we knock episode nine out of the park? Ooh. Ooh. I'm a thirsty girl. <laughs> All dried up. <laughs> All right. Well, then, let's get into our ratings and recommendations. Pew, 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 pew. Realizing I didn't paste my rating into my notes. Uh-oh. Somebody else has to go first. Cody, you go. My rating for season two episode of the election is a 3.5. I like that we're seeing Dawson's emotionally breaking point. I thought it was legitimately heartbreaking, even though Jonathan's performance wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to call him Jonathan Vanderbeek for the rest I of his life. Uh, and I, I think Jen's writing is like a little inconsistent and weird, even though like I'm seeing like positive turns with some of these things. It's still kind of walking to me. I thought Andy was really great. Meredith Monroe was really great in that performance, but I'm also still worried about like this Andy stuff with mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of goods, two steps forward, one step back kind of things. Um, good up, not great up. So 3.5. I'll go next. Um, I am giving this episode a three. Um, I thought the intense portrayal of bullying and like the teacher's apathy in helping, you know, helping with the situation was so, so, so bad. Um, that was just like it, I probably would have rated it a little higher, but that was terrible. Um, on the other hand, I did like the, just that they were showing Andy's struggle with mental health in general, even if it it may have been a little bit disjointed and not quite the right way to show it. Mm -hmm. They are showing it and and then also like the struggle with family communication and and how how it can affect like more than just one person um also i thought there were some a plus fat 90s fashion moments i didn't talk about many but specifically with abby they 
pretty much loaded it all on her, but it's always fun to see. Um, and then I thought some of the cinematography was great, like the skinny dipping scene. That was fun. So yeah, just three kind of middle of the road. Before we move on, I want to actually go back a little bit and talk about the staff. And I wonder if it's purposeful. Oh. Like with, I hadn't really thought about that. Like they are awful, mm-hmm. but yeah. you think it's like, and there has to be purpose behind that, right? Like, are they trying to like make a point that mm. in this like small town, like the really, like the only kind of group of people you really can like depend on is your friends mm. because a lot oh, of these yeah. people have horrible relationship with their parents. The adults yeah. are kind of, yeah, yeah. not, not really. Well, it's, yeah. It's definitely that trope. It's that, like, like a Charlie Brown. The parents wow, wow, or the adults, wow. the adults don't are not, care. Yeah. Or they're too yeah. busy or they're just not yeah. involved with their child's lives or they just like are too stupid, you know? Yeah. Like, adults definitely. Are dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of true because, we, you know, Graham's, like, it we don't true. see Pacey's Adults family. stupid. Like, Dawson's family. No, I just Fuck mean, yeah. in, in Dawson's Creek, it really is. Yeah. You know, I mean, Miss Jacobs, like, oh, they're yeah. all, yeah. They're bad. It's, it's true. Yeah, interesting. Some ding-dongs. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I mean, like, Softy Bob, he seems like. <laughs> <laughs> R.A.P. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we are looking at this through a child's point of view, yeah. right? It's Dawson's Creek, not Gail's Creek. So, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that's like a very purposeful thing yeah. that they're trying to write into the show to hmm. make a point. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. They're awful. They Fucking are. teachers they are Joey's are our terrible. teacher is the only, yeah. the only good. And she's not even, yeah, she's like a college teacher. Well, my rating is a 3.3. We're all pretty consistent here. Um, I liked this episode well enough. I thought it, it, you know, I'm glad that we're getting new developments with some characters. We're getting new things. We're getting new relationships tested. Like you mentioned, Stella, we're seeing kind of people pairing off in different groups and different, you know, orientations and configurations. I am a little trepidatious, just like you are, Cody. But uh, overall, I'd say that this was an episode of Dawson's Creek and an episode it was. (laughs) Yeah, I am also going to give it a, a 3.5. Um, I I really, I felt like, yeah, there was a lot of good, like, meat in this episode. Um, I really liked seeing some some true growth in Dawson. Um, and, yeah, like you said, James, like, different character friendships and relationships kind of blossoming more. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and PC, uh, again, you know, yeah. coming through with some some baller ass moves. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to understate just how amazing it is to have Pacey be a functioning character in this show (laughs) and not just be like me horny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, recommendations. I'll go. So (laughs) I am going to recommend the movie Stop Making Sense. Oh, nice. Um, It was, well, if you don't know, it is a 1984 concert film featuring the talking heads um directed by jonathan demi but it was recently restored um Mm. and cody and i went and saw it in imax um they're doing like a a brief release around the nation uh where you can see it in imax by the time this come out comes out i don't know if it'll still be playing in theaters but if it is i highly recommend going to see it in imax uh the sound is incredible it looks beautiful it was so fun i really want to go back and see it Mm. again um yeah it was it was really cool if you haven't seen it ever you should go see it Uh, i hadn't seen it in a long time and it was just so much fun the music is incredible all of it is Mm -hmm. yeah that's great and the we when we went and saw it, it was like the night it was premiering and that they did like a, a streamed Q and A with oh, the band. Oh, cool. Nice. Which is cool. But they're the band has been doing like a little like kind of 
tour circuit where they're like doing lots of interviews. So mm. if you want to search up some YouTube wow. interviews, it's nice. fun to see them talk about it. Yeah. Cool. Also, I mean, it's also important to remember that they uh, do not like each other and they have not been in the same room together in over 20 years. Wow. So the fact that oh, they're wow. doing this together again is like insane. If you're a Talking Heads huh. fan, this is like, you never thought this would ever happen. So cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I will go ahead and recommend something next. I'm going to recommend a video game that is fairly new as of the recording of this episode. Um, it is called Mortal Kombat 1. It is the 12th. No, wait. Yep. It is the 12th version, effectively, of a mainline installment of this fighting video game. It's a video game that I was obsessed with as a kid, and I've followed the franchise basically in every version since... I don't know, maybe Mortal Kombat 4. And uh, MK1, it's a completely... They, they basically restarted the timeline. So if you never played Mortal Kombat before, don't worry about it. You Not that there's much of a storyline for fighting games, but I do think Mortal Kombat does have the best story in fighting games. But they restarted the timeline. It's got all of your favorite characters if you're a big Mortal Kombat head. It's got some really cool new characters if you've never played Mortal Kombat. And I'd say the fighting system is better than it's ever been. Ooh. Plus... There is a character that has come back. He is an old character, but his comeback, his name is Reptile. <gasps> Reptile's back? I didn't know that. Reptile is back, Fuck. and he is super fucking cool. He can go invisible, he spits acid, and he turns into a lizard. Like King Gizzard and the Lizard <laughs> Wizard. So, of course, there that is, is the character that I play almost exclusively at this point. I just like turning into a lizard, spitting acid at people, and uh, I just think it's so fun. So please go play Mortal Kombat. I'm on Xbox. Find me. You'll probably kick my ass because I suck. James turning into a lizard is his final form. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, I just... the. <laughs> Have you seen those screenshots that compare the like next gen console like Xbox to and Switch? To Switch, yeah, so funny. Yeah, it's the unfortunate reality of having the Switch be in the uh, current generation yeah. of video games so consoles. It just doesn't quite work. But it's funny if anybody wants to laugh, just go, just go look at some of these stills where they show back to back and people's faces are completely stretched out, their eyeballs are popping <laughs> out. It's it's really funny. Okie dokie, I am going to recommend a show on Max called Welcome to Plathville. Sounds familiar. <laughs> okay, so this was recommended by Lauren Lapkus on Freedom. Freedom. And James heard this recommendation and said, we need to watch this. So yes. we started watching Welcome to Plathville. It is a reality show about a family and their last names are the Plaths. So the Plaths are, this is, this, is, this is a little description from if you Google it. So the Plaths are a blonde, blue-eyed family of 11, and that's two, nine kids, two parents, so 11, in southeastern Georgia. They share a passion for music, religion, family life, and traditional roles. Mm -hmm. The ultra-conservative parents grapple with their oldest children's independence and life choices. <laughs> so, yeah, so it follows, the show follows the Plath family, and they're basically their sheltered life. Super. Um, in, Super in season one, the kids range ages range from six to 21 years old. Um, and the oldest, the oldest kids are both married. So one of the, one of the oldest is not in the show, but mm -hmm. the second, um, like second oldest is, and it's like his married life. And he, his wife is like grew up kind of sheltered, but not quite as much. So she's kind of taken him out of this world. As an example of how sheltered they are, they're not allowed to have unsupervised use of the internet. Yeah. None of them have smartphones or they any They kind of don't cell know phone. any, like anything about any culture or history. They can't They are have, not taught history. They can't have sugar. No history. They can't do, they can't hang out with people. 
So like, they are super, super, super. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a little family. I would. I'm so as the, as the show, it's basically a family cult. So yes. as the show progresses, the older kids to kind of start to come of age and explore life outside of the family. And it's like super interesting to watch these yeah. kids that are like that know nothing about anything just explore like they do not they like get away from the family no but it's but it's like it kind of is like satisfying to see them break away from the family because a few of them and like make the family angry yeah and do their they like do their own thing but it's also like really sad because you're hate watching this right oh absolutely i mean this is lauren Lauren lapkiss christian fundamentalist lauren (laughs) this is a recommendation by lauren lapkiss who watches this so (laughs) if that tells you anything yeah so it's a tlc show that's on max yes 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 it's really good (laughs) and i think the the other thing a a lot of these unscripted reality shows sometimes the season can be very 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 long like 20 episodes the first season's six episodes long so it's really short you just get in there you burn through it it's really interesting to just like Mal was saying, see these kids kind of, kind of struggle against. Like it's their wild upbringing. to see what they don't know. Like yeah. they'll say, "Well, I'm trying to think of an example." They didn't. Okay, here's didn't, here's an example. The oldest kid, he's 21. He just got married. He's just left the house. He was trying to remember. He was trying to remember who Leonardo da Vinci was. He uh-oh. called oh. him Leon, Leandro Leandro da Vinci Nardo. Da, yeah, da, <laughs> and he thought he was either. A, uh, a, a, um, a, a, what did he, he said he oh, was either um, a, a, a mafia guy. Yeah. A mafia guy or like, or an artist yeah. or something like that. But they also don't even teach them American history at all. Like at all. They didn't know and what the 4th of July was. Nope, so they, they just didn't don't know. know. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes, right. yes. But like, they don't know other just basic, just totally ignorant. Just basic, yes. yeah. yeah, ignorant. So Leandro and like, da Vincinardo like, is my new stage name. Yep. If you see a book coming out in the next couple of months, it's me, baby. <laughs> Buy it. You should make that your Xbox tag name. <laughs> Leandro yeah. da Vincinardo. Oh, it's anyway, so funny. it's bizarre and yeah. This week, I'm recommending Demo One from Portland, Oregon hardcore band Mind Palace. It consists of four tracks that are emblematic of the best of the genre. It's heavy as fuck, harsh but passionate and engaging vocals, great incorporation of noise, insane riffs, raw production. I love how the drums sound on this release. It's sick as hell. It's on Bandcamp for pay for what you want. If you like this type of music, I encourage you all to be generous. They're a great group of people who are super talented as their moniker suggests. They're truly the only band. Check it out. (laughs) All right. Well, those are our recommendations. Next time. Stay tuned. What's, is that what you say? Yeah. Stay stay tuned. tuned. Sure. Yeah. Uh, What are you guys coming up to? (laughs) (laughs) Next time on Freaks and Freaks. Starring Jonathan Vanderbeek. Season Coming two. Coming up to. Season two. <laughs> episode 10. High risk behavior. Ah. Uh, as Dawson's new film exposes his uncertainty over his relationship with Joey, Pacey and Andy explore the idea of having sex. Fuck. Ew. <laughs> yep. Let's go explore the idea of having sex ourselves. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take that one out. Anyway, uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe to our show and join us as we continue to set sail through Dawson's Creek one episode at a time. If you want more Freaks content, visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com and find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod. And if you don't mind, write us an email at show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
The next day, Andy declares wanting to take the high road during the election as Pacey lets her know how absolutely turned on he is. Joey pops in to let them know that Abby Abby is going to hit them with a smear campaign. Uh, The next day, (laughs) oh fuck! 